It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Well, it's great to be back on the National Security Hour. Your host today, Dr. Michael Shoyer, co-host today, Colonel Mike. Well, again, as we say, this is where you come to hear military and intel experts. Today, you're going to have two intel and one military, I would say, and intel expert as well. But before we introduce our guest, we just want to tell you how bad it is. It, it, not that it's better or worse, how bad it is. And today we're going to bring on someone who's going to describe what we should be doing because he has the knowledge, he has the experience. He'll tell us a little bit about his background. We know his background, but he'll tell you. You on AmericaOutloud.news on the National Security Hour. Again, Monday to Friday, 7 p.m. Monday, it's Dr. Mike and Colonel Mike, your host, and we thank Malcolm for putting us back on on Monday. But today, it's it's kind of a, uh, I wouldn't say it's a downer. I would call this like not even a red alert. I would say beyond red alert. We're going to bring on former Senator, Virginia Senator, and Colonel uh, Richard Black, a friend of ours from Virginia, who's, you know, pull no punches guy. He's a, he's a real hero, a war, war veteran. And uh, we'll introduce him right now, bring him on. But welcome back, Senator Black. Thank you. It's great to be with you today. Senator, we want to touch on two things today. One is the Mexican border, and we had this discussion a couple of days ago, and Gaza. And you're probably the most pragmatist guy I know when it comes to Syria, Gaza, the Middle East, and you visited with Assad. So where would you like to start? Would you like to start right now with Gaza, or would you like to start with Mexico? It's up to you. I'd like to I'd like to start with the immigration situation first because it is so pressing. It's so important. Um, we we really face a situation where uh, if we don't get control over it, the United States is going to dissolve. And uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's start with that. Mike, would you have a first question, or would you like to set it open? Well, I think uh, I think my question is. Uh, not really a question, but my hunch, my my intuition tells me that this is not something that can wait till the election comes. That something no. has to be done before that, quickly. Yeah, I, you know, if 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 you would like, I would I'd like to present some things to you here today. May I do that? Go right ahead, Senator. Okay. Uh, there, there's an article, and I, I'm, I'm about to publish this uh, in a local, local publication. But uh, there was a very important article written in the New York Times on Christmas Eve, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I read all sorts of media, you know, whether they're liberal, conservative, uh, whether they're American, British, Israeli. Uh, uh, Indian, Russian, everywhere. And this one was very important because the New York Times uh, published this article and it was entitled, We Are Not Equipped to Deal With This. 
migrant surge overwhelms U.S. border. And the byline read, officials are struggling to contend with the chaos at the U.S.-Mexico border as thousands of migrants arrive every day trekking from the furthest reaches of the globe. Now, I found it very interesting to read the article's comments. You know, people, subscribers would would make various comments. There were over 1,500 of them. Uh, and it's important to realize that uh, the New York Times, uh, their subscriber base is 91% Democrat. And then you've got people like me who read because we want to know what the Democrats are thinking. Yeah. Uh, so, so essentially, when you read this tremendous array of, uh, of New York Times comments, you're getting a sampling of the entire Democratic Party from coast to coast. Now, why is that important? It's important because the Democrats have had it with open borders immigration. Uh, and you can go through that list, and it's very informative. Um, the the hostility of Democrats towards open borders immigration has just exploded. Um, it, here was here was uh, one comment by someone who was angry at at the other Democrats for their attitude, and he says, and this is a quote. This xenophobic comment section just cost Biden my vote. I won't vote for Trump, but I'm sure not voting for this version of, quote, liberals either. So he was, here's a writer who's a very, very passionate liberal, and he's so disgusted with the other liberal Democrats that he says he's just, he's not even going to vote. <laughs> um, now, for the most part, the comments that were written by these Democrats were harshly critical of the uh, situation at the border. Uh, and they're not blaming it on Republicans. Uh, there's a few of them that comment something about global warming and all this hocus pocus. But uh, uh, the, the, actually, the New York Times subscribers are far more sophisticated than Washington Post. They're both similarly uh, liberal publications, but uh, but there's a higher IQ level out of the New York Times subscribers. Uh, now, there were a lot of comments from residents of New York City, uh, and uh, they were, you know, just exhausted by the flood of immigrants uh, flowing into their officially declared sanctuary city. So, uh, so New York has uh, they they reaped what they sowed, but here's one Democrat who writes: Biden will probably lose the election if substantive action isn't taken real soon. And he says he goes on. He says here in New York City we're drowning in illegal immigrants. So another one writes and he says we are watching lawlessness on a grand scale here, exceedingly expensive too. It's getting clearer each day that it may well reelect Donald Trump. Here's another one. Uh, and this is somebody who writes about how much they despise Texas Governor Greg Abbott because of his stance on abortion. But then they go on to say that uh, I understand why Abbott sends border crossing to other states and then says 
I live in New York City and I do not want any more migrants coming to my town. Um, so you can see, and of course, New York City is sort of the heart and soul of, of liberalism. And uh, and there's there's definitely a turn taking place. Now, to put this in perspective, in just the past year, the flow of illegal aliens across the U.S. border has increased the entire United States population by 1%. So in other words, we went from, from colonial days back in the 1600s all the way to uh, 2022, and we had a certain population that we had built up. We increased that population going all the way back to the 1600s by 1% in a single year. And what's really bad is that the numbers are skyrocketing. It's not like they're level or anything like this. It's that they have they're they've gone hyperbolic now. Uh, and you know, the world has learned that the US border is wide open to foreigners. Come here, get what you want, take it from the Americans. Okay, Dick, let me just come in here a minute. So one percent, but the, the the amount of people that came in in the last two years, they're not the people or the, the cultures that came in previously. What we have coming in is Africans, West Africans, and, and a lot from Latin and Central America. And most of these people back then also, they didn't get the benefits like when you come in now, okay? So who's gonna bear the burden? Actually, it's the taxpayer. You know, people who worked and wanted to retire will not retire comfortably. And I'll add this in also. Just yesterday or the day before, Massachusetts governor got up and said, if you have an extra room in your house, you should take in a migrant. Now, when did you ever think that would happen in America? Go ahead, Dick. Go ahead. Continue. You know, there was, there was a, a great movie many years ago uh, called Dr. Shivago. It's beautifully done. And uh, it, it portrayed the Bolshevik Revolution and some of the horrors of that. And uh, Dr. Shivago is a very wealthy Russian man. He was he was uh, sympathetic to the common people and so forth. And yet he saw this Bolshevik fiasco sweep over the country. And the next thing here, he lived in this very fine home. And he was very generous, very thoughtful of other people. But one day the commissars, commissars showed up and said, you have so many square feet, so many bedrooms in your home. We will allow you to live in one one small bedroom, and the rest will bring in all of the the people off the streets, and that's what they did. Now, you we're already seeing the tip of this, uh, where uh, up in New York, we had a uh, we had a a uh, sort of a low income housing area. And uh, people there typically lived on, on pensions, mostly Social Security. There was a 95-year-old Korean War veteran who was thrown out on the street. And why? Because the government moved in to take over and upgrade these apartments so that aliens rushing across the border could be housed. So we're kicking Americans out on the street and these are these are Americans who are living sort of hand to mouth. 
just just barely eking it along in, in low income places. We're saying, get out of here. You get the boot. We're bringing foreign aliens in to take your place. You can rot on the streets. We don't care what you do. That's what the, that's the Democrat approach to uh, to America today. Now, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that, you know, basically we've got a totally different mix of people coming in. It used to be we, we had highly intelligent, very motivated people. A lot of them were English. A lot of them were uh, were German in the initial stages. And uh, sort of sort of that was the mix. Later, we had we had Irish, we had uh, Italians, uh, we you know we had some Poles, but, but they were Europeans for the most part. And a lot of Scandinavians, I think, too. Colonel. Yes, yeah, yes. In, in certain areas. I mean, yeah. so they came from Europe, from you know very various parts, but and by and large, their crime rate, rate was low. Their uh, their skills were high. Um, they were intelligent, and they were very hardworking. I mean, people, uh, people on on the on the uh, the, the pioneers who were moving across uh, the the continent. These were people who lived in in just abject poverty, where they were preyed on by the Indians and and scalped and raped and so forth. And uh, so, but these were tough, determined people who stood on their own two feet. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the ones who are replacing them are a totally different breed. Uh, we have now, we've, there are uh, individuals who have established channels of communication and there are tremendous numbers of impoverished young men flying 8,000 miles from Sudan just to break the law and crash the party in the United States. Now, who pays for those? Um, these are people where the, the, the plane ticket that they're buying to get to the United States is costing 10, 15, 20 times their annual income. These are people who live hand to mouth. They cannot afford to save money. Someone else is paying the entire bill for these people. And someone who specifically wants Africans brought into the United States, and uh, it's it's costing billions and billions of dollars to do this. Now, but it's costing the taxpayer billions and billions of dollars. And well, the people who are bringing them in, let's just say it's the George Soros type people organizations or World Economic Forum people who are fronting this money. OK, so they spend the initial down payment and to get them here. But in the end, we pay for it. It comes out of our taxpayer money. We get no benefit. So even if there's Republicans on the Hill or Democrats on the Hill, they're doing nothing but fluffing the, the pillow you know, bending their wrists, walking around in, you know, some high heels after after parties. And and they're telling us, well, you know, we're going to we're going to do something about the economy. Look, just uh, as soon as they saw Biden's number drop, the gasoline dropped five cents. All of a sudden, it's two ninety eight. It's two ninety seven in our area, our market. Right. So there's there's got to be more than just, 
talk because we've been doing this talk for 30 years, Dick. The last cycle, and you know, we all lived in the same area, Northern Virginia, outside the Beltway. The last cycle of a major push of immigrants was South Asian. Remember? The tech guys. We need them. It's cheaper labor. And now what do you have? I mean, you have people that came from South Asia, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, Southeast Asia. They have become multi-millionaires in Northern Virginia. They're running. One guy just bought the Loudoun Town Center for $67 million. He started out as a, a guy with $100 and he opened up a tech company. You know, so there's opportunity, but there's different grades of people that come in for this opportunity. This opportunity is affecting us. It's affecting our pocket. It's affecting our safety. The people that came in the tech, they, they weren't a danger. You know, they, they milked the system for what it was. They played the government contract game. Naturally, they got the minority tab. But it was no danger. Guys, we're coming down to the last minute. So I just want to say thank you for coming on. You're on the National Security Hour with Dr. Mike, Colonel Mike. And today our special guest, military expert, Senator Carl, Colonel Richard Black. You're on with the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. America Out Loud talk radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen to us on our media pl web player from any web browser in the world. We we have the best in-class apps on Apple, Android, and Alexa, and we stream 24-7, and now you two can hear them on the podcast on the same apps. Hey, don't forget, we change now. It's AmericaOutloud.news, 24-7. We have news, shows, everything, 24-7. So no matter where you are in the world, just put AmericaOutloud.news, and you're going to be with liberty and justice for all. And I know you're all listening around the globe because if you go to twomikes.us, we're getting the messages, and we thank you. Let's go to the break. We'll be back on the other side. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Welcome back to the National Security Hour, segment two. We're on with Senator Colonel Richard Black, uh, represented Northern Virginia very well. And he knows how the game works with Democrats, liberals, socialists, communists, and whatnot. So we'd like to continue and speak about Mexico a little bit more on what you think, Senator, what you think we could do, because you know you were in the military, you know what we can do. So why don't we tell the audience what we could do? Well, I think people need to recognize that, uh, that Mexico is orchestrating a massive invasion of the United States. Now, we're told we've got to be fearful of everybody in the world. They're, they're all coming to get us. You know, the Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians, the Syrians, the 
<clears throat> the Houthis, the, the impoverished Houthis in Yemen, everybody's out to get us. The fact is that there is only one country in the world that has invaded us since the War of 1812, and that is Mexico. Uh, President Obrador in Mexico is mocking the United States. Uh, the you know Blinken's you know made a pretext. Well, I'm I'm going down asking for help from Mexico, and Obrador he kind of laughed at us, and he said, "Look, you know, until you give me twenty billion dollars in tribute, and until you admit ten million more uh, immigrants." Uh, on work visas to the United States. Essentially, you know, I don't know, who knows, maybe that's doubling the number of illegals, only we'll have this group actually get sanctioned. Until you do that, I'm not going to do anything. Well, the fact is that SOB is orchestrating a massive organized invasion of the United States. It's far more dangerous than anything it's far more dangerous than anything we faced in the Second World War with Germany and Japan. It is far more threatening than anything that we faced uh, after 9-11. This is like a thousand times what 9-11 was. It, it genuinely threatens to dissolve and disintegrate the United States. Now, what do we need to do to stop it? The first thing is to, is to acknowledge the fact that Mexico not the Mexican people, but the Mexican government, the cartels are very much the cartels are part of the government and they are the enemy. They're the worst enemy that the United States has ever faced. And we need to face up to it and stop pretending that it's not the case. Now, here's what we need to do. I think what we need to do is, first of all, we, we've got to recognize the US government is no longer representing the people of America. We, who do we represent? I don't know. People who hate us, apparently. Uh, everywhere we're told, you know, that the government hates us. We're all supremacists. We're all oppressors. We're this. We're that. And, uh, uh, but the fact is that the the federal government no longer is effectively representing the people of the United States. We've got to change that. I think this may be our last chance to change the government and get it to respond to the people. But here's Senator Black, this government is an, an ally of the Mexicans. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. The, the, you know, people say, oh, well, old Joe Biden, he just he just doesn't know what he's doing and all that. He knows exactly what he is doing. He has orchestrated. He is working hand in glove with the Mexican government, the Mexican cartels, to burst the American uh, border and to alter the demographic mix of the United States so that it will permanently be subject to the Democratic Party and they can simply have their way with us. They can take, take our property. You know, I wish all of the, the older Democrats would reflect on the fact that the number of immigrants we're getting is so large that there's going to come a time, and it won't be far off, when these people demand Social Security benefits. Now, what happens when they do? We're basically we're it's a huge part of our budget right now. We cannot 
possibly expanded very much more. So when we give social security benefits to foreigners who burst into this country, then the only way to do it is to dilute the social security benefits of everyone who uses those in this country. Here's the importance of it. For 40% of all people over 65, the only source of income that they have is social security. So you can imagine, you take people who are making it on social security, and all of a sudden you say, we're going to have to cut it by a third so that we can funnel a bunch to, to foreign people who come in. What happens then? People can't afford to eat. They, they won't be able to eat. Um, so it's, it's extremely. But anyway, we, we, have to, we have to take military action against Mexico. And uh, uh, what we need to do, I think uh, uh, we need to give Mexico 10 days, give them a, an order. You halt immigration, not slow immigration. You halt immigration and you do it within the next 10 days or we're sending troops across the Rio Grande and we're going to carve out a 30 mile protective buffer on the Mexican side. What we need to do, we need to immediately withdraw 40,000 troops from overseas, station them permanently, not rotating in and out, permanently to defend the United States on the southern border. Now, 40,000, that seems significant, but the fact is we can take that from, from Germany and from Japan and, and still have a lot of troops left there. Uh, we're still occupying them uh, 75 years after World War II with no, no justification whatsoever. Uh, but we need to we need to bring them back. If DOD, we call it the the Department of Defense. Now it's the Department of War. It's it it engages in all of these uh, quixotic uh, uh, overseas ventures. Oh, let's let's attack this one. Let's defend Taiwan. Uh, let's do this. What rubbish. Let's let's uh, make it tough on Russia on their border with Ukraine. Uh, baloney. We need, if DOD is is useful for anything, it needs to defend the borders of the United States of America. Now, here's something else we can do. We need to land Marines in Panama. We've when I when I was with the Seventh Infantry Division on something we called Operation Just Cause, we we occupied Panama. Why? We didn't like the government there. He wasn't, Noriega wasn't cooperating. We put some other thug in power. And so, uh, but we can go in and we can go out whenever we want. The, at, at its narrowest point, the Panama is 30 miles wide. Now, the U.S., the, the Rio Grande flows for, for 2,000 miles. That's the border of Mexico and the United States. So instead of strictly focusing on, on blocking immigrations on a 2,000 mile border, let's go right to, to the source of a tremendous amount of this in Panama 
we can we can put a single regiment of Marines in place, give them orders. No one is to cross this border. No one crosses. And we need to we need to tell the commander of that Marine outfit, either you completely and successfully block the movement of immigrants, or if you fail, we will relieve you from command and we will eliminate you from the service. So you better get your rear end in here. And your job is to block the border. If you don't, we're going to pull you and replace you in five minutes. So we need to do that. Now, another thing we need to do, these people are flowing in across bridges. Someone who's, who comes all the way from Venezuela and goes thousands and thousands of miles, they're crossing many, many bridges, whether they're doing it by railroad, whether they're doing it uh, by by bus, they're all being transported. They're not just walking, you know, thousands and thousands of miles. Uh, so what we need to do is we need to go in and begin bombing all of those, uh, all of those railway bridges, all of the highway bridges, drop them all, just just block every one of them so that there will be no immigration coming out of, of Latin America. Um, we need to we need to post snipers on the on the border with Mexico and give them shoot to kill orders to target anyone engaged in in migrant trafficking. Now, who are these people? Well, for example, many places on the Rio Grande, there are organized boating organizations. So there are there are uh, there are coyotes who own boats. The, it's it's the cartels that own them, but the the coyotes operate them, and they actually sell tickets to the people coming across, and uh, and they they actually collect them and punch them just like if you were going on a boat in the United States. Uh, those people you can identify who they are because I know my deputy many years ago was was sent down to the border and he reported to me, fellow uh, Colonel Dave Shaw. And Dave came back, he said, you know, he said, I was amazed. He said, we're we're watching with night vision equipment and so forth. He says, it's, they just run boating services and you can see them collecting the tickets. Now, people like that, that's just one example of the of the whole network that that moves these people across. We need to have snipers who have shoot to kill orders. When you see that guy who is who is collecting the tickets, you shoot to kill. We don't send people over to arrest and all this silly stuff. This is a military action. We need to treat it like one. We need to shoot people. We need to kill them and stop the flow of the of the migrants. Senator Black, can I just add one thing also? No. Just one thing also. We need to stop remittances. They could do this in, in a flip of a switch, like a light switch. They could say, okay, no more remittances from Western Union, from any banks, none of that stuff going back, which is billion dollars of billions of dollars every month to to Mexico. Uh, you know, just recently, right, they came out with this new uh, Yellen announced that now all these small businesses with under 20 employees have to come out and fill out this new form on top of a new form. You know, we have Patriot Act, we have this act and everything. Another form you have to fill out, corporate tax form or something. Uh, and if you don't do it, you're going to be fined. And the reason they're coming out with this 
this latest. Believe it or not, you won't believe what they have the nerve to say. It's to stop money laundering. I almost left. I thought it was like Daffy Duck and Donald Duck. I mean, it's stop money laundering. We have the biggest money launderers on Capitol Hill and in the White House. We're worried about money laundering, small business, mom and pop, eBay sales, Uber sales, DoorDash sales. They want they want the DoorDash driver now to fill this thing out. Well, you know, as they play these games, they tighten the screws on the American worker and they just they just make life impossible for us. And meanwhile, the door is open to yes. all these thugs and criminals and violent governments that are, you know, executing whoever they want in Mexico. And the, the door is open. There's no restriction on them. The restriction is on us. Government has fundamentally, the, the turned on us. today, has turn on turned us. against us. It used yes. to be, you know, sure, there's always this tug and, and flow of, of various interests and so forth, but that's okay. That's what governments are designed for. This government, and particularly the the deep the the administrative state, these people up in Washington D.C. who, you know, they commit sodomy at night, and then in the daytime they 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 do the same thing to us. You know, they screw the the taxpayer, um, but they just make life impossible if you want if you want to buy a car okay you want to buy a car like i bought a car when i was a kid well today they say no no you can't buy uh, an internal combustion car we're going to tighten the screws on you until it becomes we'll, we'll tighten the gasoline standards to the point where it becomes impossible to build an internal combustion uh, engine and then you will buy an electric car, whether you want to or not, regardless of the merits. We, we're Americans. Americans used to be able to make their own decision. I can't buy incandescent light bulbs anymore because they've been outlawed. I can't buy uh, Freon for a refrigerator, which was the finest refrigerant ever, ever invented, ever discovered. Uh, can't buy it because we got we got these environmental freakos who have decided, well, we we don't think you should do this. We don't think you should do that. Everything is regulated. I mean, every tiny uh, movement that Americans make are is regulated. And then the illegals come pouring across. They violate every every law, and well, you can't you can't expect them to obey the law. Uh, we're bringing them in here real fast. We need them to vote. We need to get them on the voting rolls. How can you expect them to obey the law? Dick, 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 do these people honestly believe that if you load up this country with all these people who they think are going to vote for them, and you know they're going to get them vote, voting or getting cards, Democratic voting cards, do they think they never looked at the Mao revolution, the Bolshevik revolution? They're the first ones to go when this thing happens. That's what happens. I mean, these people who set this stuff up, eventually, they're the first to go. I don't know how they think they're going to survive this. Well, you make a good point. I, I think one of the things that is interesting, just from an observer standpoint, is you watch what has happened to sort of American attitudes towards Israel um, for 
many, many, you know, years, uh, there's been this complete national consensus that it doesn't matter what Israel does, uh, they can do it because we're behind them 100%. And I, I was personally surprised at the at the level, the passion with which people rose up to oppose Israel and to criticize what they have done historically to the Palestinian people, um, that never would have happened. But what's happened is we we have deliberately ushered all of these people who have, you know, different, you know, different view of the world. They they have no no understanding of American history because you know they've taken you know they've changed American history from the truth to what uh, what the opponent. Right, hold that. We're coming up on another break. We got to go to the other side. But before we do, you're on the American Out Loud dot News Network, the National Security Hour. Doctor Mike, Colonel Mike, your host on America Out Loud dot News. Special guest, Colonel Dick Black. We're going to go to the other side, visit the sponsors, and then we're going to touch on that because I really wanted to speak about this today. Thank you, Dick. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news, a place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Okay, we're back for the last final segment on the National Security Hour today. Dr. Mike, Colonel Mike, your host. We have Senator Colonel Dick Black with us. We touch base on Mexico. We say what needs to be done on Mexico. We know what the that's a bigger national security than anything in Syria, anything in Gaza, anything in Israel, anything in China, anything in Russia, anything in Iran, anything in Yemen. So now let's go to the Middle East with someone who's visited the Middle East who's been there just recently, years ago, a couple of years, and we can get going on Gaza and Israel. All right, Senator, please continue. Yeah, the situation in in Gaza is very interesting because uh, uh, 
the you know this starts off for most Americans with uh, the the attack by Hamas across the border into the Israeli settlements. Uh, very you know a lot of people killed. Apparently about twelve hundred Israelis. Uh, uh, a number a number of those were military people, but uh, there there were lots and lots of civilians. And uh, I think, you know, 240 or so were, were captured. It was, it was kind of inevitable that, the, that Israel would, would react and respond and, and attack back across the border into uh, the Gaza Strip. Um, the, the question, I think, for people in the United States and people around the world is, how much is enough? You know, the, there is a law of reprisal in war where if if someone does something to you, you can kind of get even with them. That's sort of the law of reprisal. Um, and uh, there was an interesting case. I, I can't recall the name, but it was uh, it was during World War II in Italy. Uh, there was a uh, there's a group of uh, of uh, of Italians who had who had been recruited to uh, work with the German army, they were uniformed regular uh, regular soldiers, and they were patrolling uh, within an area of Italy. Uh, they were attacked by the partisans, the guerrillas, uh, irregular troops, and uh, a number of them were were slaughtered. And so the the Germans, uh, in, in this instance at least, I, I don't mean to cast judgment on everything, but they they decided to take reprisal, and they I think they were trying to do it within the law of war, and uh, so they made a decision that what they would do is they would they would kill ten uh, civilians for every one soldier who had been killed. The idea being that, you know, they didn't know which, you know, the, which of the civilians were the guerrillas who did this. So they were taking reprisal. The, the decision was very methodical, as things tend to be in, in, in Germany. And it actually went all the way to Adolf Hitler. And uh, he signed off personally on the plan to execute 10 for one. And uh, then in the aftermath of the Second World War, that was prosecuted as a war crime. That was considered an excessive reprisal, 10 for one. Um, now, you can make some comparisons with what's going on with the, with the situation in Gaza. And uh, I, I don't think there's any magic to 10 to 1. 10 to 1 was viewed as unacceptably high for reprisal in the Second World War. Um, so if you had if you have 1,200 uh, Israelis killed during this during this attack by Hamas, well now the the official numbers are up to somewhere around 23,000 um, uh, Palestinians who have been killed. Chances are it's it's at least double that because. The, the government is not functioning in in the Gaza Strip. And uh, 
there's no way to recover people under the rubble of all these buildings being destroyed. So I think we can reasonably assume that 50,000 people have been killed. I, I don't think that's an excessive estimate. But what goes, what's, what's more uh, important is that Gaza Strip is one of the most densely packed uh, areas on earth because the, the Israeli government pushed the Palestinians into this tiny enclave by the ocean. It's a desert enclave. And the only way that people could survive was to build up. So they, they have all these high-rise buildings in this very small area. And the, the real thing that, that's making it look very much like sort of a genocide is that uh, using American bombs, which we've been flooding in as quickly as we can, they're going in and they are dropping these very heavy bombs that destroy the entire building. So they collapse sort of like like on 9-11 on where you had the twin towers that just fell. Uh, these are not like the twin towers or nothing of that size, but they're big buildings. They may be they may be 10 stories high, sometimes 15 stories high. And using these American bombs and, and so forth, they are totally collapsing the building. So you know how long and how difficult it was to <clears throat> recover people from the 9-11 from the uh, uh, building collapse. The same thing is happening there, only it's happening on a, on a vast scale. Now, what this means is that those people will have no place to live. There's not some place they can go. They will simply sit exposed to the elements and they'll die. So, yes, maybe 50,000 have, have died and, and, you know, being been hauled off or under under building rubble. But there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people who perish because they're exposed to the elements. So let me break in a second here, Dick. So basically, do they expect there's not going to be any kind of retaliation from whether it's Palestinians, whether it's Muslims, Islamists, extremists, Houthis, uh, Turkish? I mean, the world community has said, and, we, you know, we don't we all don't agree with the U.N., you know that. But the world community, the U.N. has said enough is enough. Can we try to do a ceasefire? And they want to bomb their way into what? A peace deal? What do you? This is not going to work. There's nothing that's going to work on this. Well, this is this is uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. He's been the president for forever. Uh, he's always been viewed by a major part of the Israeli population as a very corrupt, uh, very vicious individual. Um, he he has been under indictment for the longest time, and he keeps taking steps to keep himself. Uh, from going to court, there are a lot of people who believe that he deliberately left the the border uh, with the Gaza Strip undefended, so that there would be a slaughter, and uh, and then it would give him the ability to to inspire a big backlash. I think there's there's a lot to that. Uh, I think he deliberately allowed the the uh, border to to be undefended he actually and we know this for a fact that 
he pulled substantial forces off the border and sent them to the West Bank, where the you know the what's going on in the West Bank is is a whole new a whole different thing where you've got you've got these these settlers who basically uh, are acting like the mafia and they go in and they steal property from the from the uh, Palestinian people there. And so they were having some big celebration and Netanyahu brought troops there because he knew that what they were doing is very provocative and, and it might inspire violence. So he pulled those off the Gaza Strip and it, it was essentially undefended uh, uh, at the time that uh, Hamas attacked. So, Let Dr. Mike jump in here a minute. Mike, what do you think? You know, I, I think that, uh, well, you know what I think. Uh, Colonel, I, I think that uh, uh, from the very start, our relationship with Israel has been a poison within the American system, not only because it requires us to commit troops and, and unlimited funds and, uh, um, uh, you know, ammunition and all the other stuff to support them, but because also it makes us hated in the Muslim world. Uh, if the Israelis have a problem, with the Muslims, and they should for stealing Palestine. They should they should either le learn to be good neighbors, or they should fight a battle against the Muslims and see who wins and winner take all. That's the that's the way it goes. But there's no uh, and the second part of our relationship with Israel was a Congress that's 100 percent owned and fears the the Israeli lobby in this country. And now we have organizations, Jewish American organizations like the ADL, who are collecting information on Catholics, other Christians, conservatives, uh, and, and giving it to the, to the DOD and to FBI. They're selling it probably to the FBI and uh, are, are undermining democracy and providing ultimately the material on which a tyranny can be constructed. You know, the United States was the greatest gift God ever gave to the United States was 3,000 miles of Atlantic and 4,000 miles of Pacific. There's no one going to come here. The only way, Lincoln said one time, I think in the 18, as early as the eight, late 1830s, that the only people who can kill America are Americans. There's no invasion coming that's going to hurt them unless the Americans permit it or refuse to refute it. And we brainwashed people, Mike, and, 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 and Senator Black. We brainwashed the people in America. This is the only democracy in the Middle East. Well, how does that operate when you don't want to stop? And they're saying, well, if we don't do this, they're going to come back at us. You're just making things worse. It's a bigger genocide. We For years, we grew up. We're all about the same age. For years, we grew up with this Holocaust 6 million. OK, so what what is going to be a Holocaust? Sixty three million aborted babies in America. How many how many babies dead in Gaza? I mean, when does this end? We can't take care of our own country. We want we want to be the 10 pound or 100 pound gorilla. And, and Israel wants to fight yeah, as long as you got a big brother behind you. Right. I mean, think yeah. and then they go, well, Iran is the problem. Iran, Iran is doing Hezbollah. Well, what did you expect? Dick, you were in Syria. Look what they did to Syria. Come on. Yeah, you know, Syria Syria is one of the great blots on, on uh, Western civilization. Here was a country that was known for religious harmony, not for tolerance, but for harmony, a love between people. 
And the U.S. Embassy, uh, there was a, a leaked communique where they laid out a plan to overthrow the Syrian government, very legitimate government, the, probably the most the most advanced government in the Middle East. And they 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 said, look, we we need to create a sectarian conflict between the Sunnis and the Shia. And the Shia are something like 3% of the population, and the Sunnis are some tremendous, like 70%. So it's sort of like, you know, generating this angst uh, within the the Protestants in America, that the Seventh Day Advocates uh, Seventh Day Advent advocates are are coming, or Adventists are coming to to get you. They're going to take over the world. Uh, it, it's it's an absurdity, but we because we control the the means of of media and communication, we're able to sell people on absurdities like that. So we use that. And we fired up the the militant element of the Sunnis. There are many fine Sunnis in in Syria, and, and many of them were defending me while I was walking around over there. Um, but you have a very a very dark and sinister element. Uh, the ones who are inspired by the by the imams from Saudi Arabia, uh, the the Wahhabists. Some call them Salafists. And uh, and we backed a program in Syria that involved mass rape. Now I'm not talking about the rapes that occur in you know uh, in the course of conflicts. I'm talking about rape that becomes a part of the institutional culture. And uh, and we we backed this. We backed uh, Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda is the group that flew the planes into the Twin Towers and the Pentagon on 9-11. We backed them unconditionally, uh, and we we still do to, to this day, uh, despite the fact that they have been involved in mass rape, uh, in slavery, um, crucifixions, immolations, uh, child rapes. Uh, beheadings on mass scale. That I, I recall one very sad event where there were 300 uh, very fine uh, Syrian soldiers, and they were they were put in their underwear. They were chased all around the desert, and then finally they were lined up, and they had to kneel in lines. And the these American-backed rebels beheaded. 300 Syrian soldiers, one after the other. Were these the guys that were backed by John McCain's visits? Were, the, yeah. were those the rebels? Yes. Yeah, because very early when we first got in, involved in Syria, uh, the word started to get out, hey, wait a minute, these guys are Al-Qaeda. These were the guys who bombed, bombed us on 9-11. What are we doing? And John McCain was very much on the side of, of the terrorists. And uh, so he went and uh, he went over there and, you know, he was uh, the big military hero, that, that clown. And uh, and so he declared there are no terrorists. There are no terrorists. He was actually photographed with yes, he people connected with Al Qaeda. <laughs> he had them. They were in the photo with him. This man was such is such a traitor 
to America. He was just a phenomenal traitor. He was just one of them, Colonel. We had we had 10 chances to kill Osama bin Laden and his leaders in Afghanistan. I was the head of the uh, operation and they refused to do any of them. And then after they sacked me, they had another three or four chances between 1999 and 9-11. They wanted him alive for reasons I'm un unaware of. But Dr. Mike, Dr. Mike, I got to cut you off. We're running out of time okay. on the clock. I'm so sorry. This show went so fast. Senator Black, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Please I want to thank back. my guest. Yes, I want to thank my guest, Colonel Black, former delegate senator from Virginia, patriot first class for coming on the the National Security Hour with Dr. Mike, Colonel Mike. Hey, thanks for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear and the epic battle to defend the United States of America. And you know we mean that. And don't forget, in the beginning of the show, you got to listen to the music before Eddie starts to speak. This is the greatest theme on this show. Again, we'll see you next Monday at 7 p.m. Thank you for coming on. We'll see you next week.